0: This week, Ali Kudoba returns to join us for her second appearance on the show. Ali joins us while vacationing in the Dominican Republic. We start off talking about Ali's side hustle, her bartending and cocktailing business. We also cover the work that goes into crafting a cocktail list for a corporate large capacity bar and the many different factors that influence the final outcome and how you draw that fine line between creativity and the corporate reality that relies on cost and efficiency. If you're interested in booking Ally for your next private or corporate event, you can find her on Instagram at alchemist.ally, and that is spelled A-L-C-H-E-M-I-S-T dot A-L-I-E. Or check the show notes for the links. Enjoy the show.
1: Okay, welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. With me, as always, is Dan. What's going on, buddy?
0: uh not too much set up the microphones properly this time so will be able to hear me when i talk
1: oh well that's a shame yes <laughs> a lot of people say that actually son of a bitch yeah well uh do you want to talk about your weekend this weekend this weekend was a lot different from last weekend. oh yeah i guess that would be last weekend, yeah,
0: I, did, yeah. I, I didn't get blackout drunk and i wasn't the drunkest person in town well second drunkest
1: person Second in town. drunkest, only to the person you were making out with yeah <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, you're all grown up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, almost 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great guest as always this week. Uh the wonderful alchemist Ali is going to be joining us in just a second. Do you remember from her previous episodes? And she's bailing us out because our, our guest uh that was supposed to be on the show today told we, we record the show on Monday. She told me on Friday that she had a cold, so she wouldn't be able to record on Monday. That was a new one.
0: Yeah, well, you know, super cold.
1: Service, service industry. (laughs) (laughs) So Ali is nice enough to join us directly from the Dominican Republic where she's on vacation. So that was super nice of her. So we'll be bringing her in in a second. Before we get to that, we should mention that if you like what we're doing here on the show, subscribe, rate, review. It helps tremendously. The artwork, Zach Hanna, at ZachHanna.co. He does the artwork for the Instagram page. So you should uh, be checking him out. And if you want to be a guest on the show, you can either DM us at The Industry Podcast on Instagram or email us directly, info at theindustrypodcast.club. That's also where you can connect to us for potential sponsorship. If you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, you're going to want to hit up Sugar Run, uh, downtown Kitchener. Lots of big events coming up, big New Year's happening. So uh, with uh, Brown Man Ali, so you want to check that out. uh, You can find out what's going on there at Sugar Run Bar on Instagram. Uptown Waterloo, Babylon Sisters, at Babylon Sisters Bar on Instagram. We also have a great New Year's plan for for you. One seating with Mary Catherine Palazzo. It's an amazing jazz vocalist and piano player. And then the late night gets turned up by uh, the return of DJ Mittens and Larry Word. (laughs) We're uh, <laughs> that. going to
0: be singing a cappella.
1: Yeah, oh, be? <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, so you'll want to check that out. So that's check out both those bars if you're in the Kitchener Waterloo area or if you're visiting. Yeah, um, and also check out the Bauer Kitchen, uh, home to the lovely and talented Alchemist Allie. How are you, Allie?
2: I'm good. I
1: mean, I'm on vacation, so I'm better than you guys. Yeah, no good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks very much for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah,
2: thanks and for doing it on YouTube. Very nice. Just kidding!
1: I'm really good. <laughs> good, good. So, yeah, you just arrived in Dominican Republic today, and you still are doing our show. So, we appreciate that.
2: Oh, I'm happy to talk about myself whenever you want me
1: to. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, uh, okay, so, so, so we're
2: to ourselves and very humble, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, so what's been going on? Tell us about the happenings at the Bauer Kitchen these days. There's always seems to be some shakeup in management or on the floor. You got lots of moving parts there.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we just had a reno, which you've seen. Right.
1: I think it's better for sure because uh, <laughs> those taps are out of the way.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's better for sure. I mean, you don't have that sticky bar anymore.
3: No. It's really nice.
2: Honestly, I think we've been open for almost 15 years. I could be wrong, wow. like, give or take, but I think it's been fi- almost 15 years. I've been there 10 years. Next next year will be my 10 years, Shit. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's been 15 years. This is the first rental we've done.
1: Well, so it was a bad I'm time. In- yeah.
0: So. Is, it, what, is there a lot of other staff that have been there that long as well? Or is it kind of uh, just like a handful of you?
2: There's a, well, there's a handful of us, but there's... Um, um, me and Tika have been there. We got hired at the same time. That's almost ten years. And then above us is Danielle and Reba. Mm. And Reba works at Sour and Charcoal Shakehouse. So if you are a regular at either, you'll know That's exactly who I'm talking about. Do you know Reba, Kit?
1: I don't know if I know her. Like I probably know where to see her.
2: Yeah, you would know where to see her at four o'clock if she's leaving. As oh, coming.
1: Gotcha. All right. Is she a bartender or okay. a server? A server. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm sure I do know her, but yeah, it was probably not by name. So what, um, yeah, what, uh, how are things going in general there? Like, do you guys get a lot of Christmas parties this time of year or have you found it slower, busier?
2: We typically get a lot of Christmas parties. I think this week that I'm away, it's supposed to ramp up, but November and December have always been really, really busy and it's not been that way. Like, leading up to my vacation, it's been pretty dead. I work Monday through Friday. So, like, that could be why, too. Like, I know on Saturdays, like, Friday nights and Saturdays, it's pretty busy. But I also am off most Fridays and Saturdays for my side hustle.
3: So, I don't
2: see it. But through the week, it's, like, dead city. And I was saying this before we started recording. I'm like, is this the recession? Like, is this happening?
1: I wonder, Um, I I think it's a, I think it might be a combo because like, I also have noticed that since we've come back from like the lockdowns and the pandemic, people just got used to being at home. And so they're really only going out on the weekends, right? Like the weeknights are just dead.
2: No, absolutely. Even on the bus ride to my resort, I met a couple from Toronto and the guy used to live in Waterloo briefly for work. He worked at Sunlight. And he's like, it's so weird. No one does anything there, like during the week. He's like, mm-hmm. it was ten o'clock on like Thursday, and he was like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing? And everyone's like, going to bed. Like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And he's yeah. like, hey, I'm he to from Toronto, and I'm like, yeah. the is... <laughs> when you have someone from out of town come in and you're bartending, and they're like, hey, what's like cool to do around here? And you're like, bowling going to the movies i'm like i don't
1: know how to answer that question
3: <laughs> yeah someone
1: asked i know it is a bit of an so, issue yeah. in in kitchen waterloo in general there's not a whole ton of cool spots to go to yet and uh, so we definitely need to change some of that we need more like when i think about going out if i'm going out on like a one of my nights off and it's yeah, and I'm not going to one of my bars, then like you it's really hard to think where to go to. Well, if
2: you're like if I'm not going to one of my bars, I don't know <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <a>
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. that's a plug. <laughs> yeah.
2: there's nothing um, else to do sugar run or Babylon.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the spot. <laughs> uh but it, it is a bit of an issue in Kitchewar. Like in Toronto like you definitely and like we're grow, uh, getting to a big enough size of a city that there should be more places to go to that are cool if you ask me. But like if you if you're in Toronto like any night of the week there's a million choices. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You could go to the theater, you could I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what people do. I'm actually one of those homebodies <laughs> that same guy i was telling you about on the bus he was like so ryan's birthday this week he found out it was ryan's birthday he's like oh my god we should go to this club there's like four thousand people and i was straight up was like oh no thank you
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, at your resort or in dominican
2: (laughs) resort it's like um He's like, everyone goes to Coco Bongo's, but like, you don't go there. You go to, I think he said it was Imagine or something like that. He's like, it's 4,000 people and we'll get bottles. And I was like, that sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, it does sound like a nightmare, actually.
2: I don't want to make friends. (laughs)
1: like
2: like, like, i hate it you get to a resort and everyone's like where are you from and you have to be like oh waterloo have you heard of it or like do you say waterloo or do you lie and say you're just from toronto yeah and then oh my god waterloo like my cousin lives in waterloo and then they're like do you know her
3: Yeah. jessica
2: (laughs) no (laughs) 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 i think the pandemic's ruined me i'm
3: not gonna lie
2: well it's hard
1: too it's like we got used to being home more often and then like like your job is so social that when when you do have your nights off the last the fucking thing you want to do is go out and meet more people
2: yes it's the last thing i want to do i think i've talked to you about that before Um, too you've been like i've just i don't know it's so bad i feel like either it's my age or the pandemic but i'm like my social battery has a limit and then it runs out and i just want to go home and watch
1: netflix and hang out with my dog i know like, Maybe my it, 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 like basically because i'm out usually wednesday to saturday at the bars and then sunday i often take it off and then by monday i'm like okay now i can like talk to people on the podcast again we always record on monday nights and then tuesday i don't <laughs> want to see anyone like <laughs> it's funny how that no. works yeah oh my gosh. sundays
2: are my write off i i do not make plans with people on sundays like, I hate, like, Sundays, I'm at home, like, alone. I would say meditating. I don't meditate. I just watch, like, housewives or some shit. But I'm like, <laughs> I keep that day myself. Saturday, I work typically, not at hour, but, like, doing private bartending things. And then Sundays are, like, typically my only day off, and I keep it alone to myself. So when I get a chance to go away, like I am now, I'm like, last thing I going to do is like, hang out with a bunch of random people that I right. don't
3: know?
1: Yeah. And I think that's something that people don't realize about the whole service industry gig is like they expect you to be on all the time and you are expected to be on all the time. It's like it is exhausting. Like people who work in a cubicle all week or like work from home, like they don't. It's not the same situation. They're not out forced socialization as part of their um, job. Well,
2: they probably crave it. Right. Because they're alone, working alone. Right. Us, it's like my job is... First of all, you can't have a bad day. You have to be on, happy, in a good mood. I mean, you could have a bad day, but that's just going to reflect negatively on your income. Yep. So you're always like... no matter what you're going through, you have to put that aside and like almost be on stage Mm -hmm. five nights a week. That's exhausting.
1: It is. And it is like being on stage. I know like it's that's become like cliche to talk about, but it is. we're we're putting on an acting performance every night that we're out there. And I think I do think that's why like for a long time, nobody ever talked about this, but now people are talking a lot more about the mental health issues in the service industry because it's like, it is mentally exhausting.
2: No, it literally sent me to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Two years ago because I was like I'm, I don't know like what else to do and then I talked to her about it and she's like it's funny sometimes I feel like I therapize my therapist And <laughs> I'll work that out later and- in therapy
1: (laughs) (laughs) so you're talking about your your side hustle business the alchemist alley business uh how has that been going are you booking lots of parties now that christmas is ramping up
2: yeah absolutely i've been busy up until obviously going away and then when i get back i have a day off and then i ramp right back into it i have a couple events like corporate mixology classes and then i have a couple days off then it's Christmas season, like at Bower. And I purposely didn't book anything like near the like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, just because I knew I would be busy at work. But yeah, it's been super, super good. I can't I can't believe it. I can't believe it's still going on. I think I have a little bit of imposter syndrome. I don't know if you can ever relate to this. You're just like how, like how is this still a thing? How are people still reaching out, still wanting to book me? I don't know. It's crazy.
1: That's no, great. I was saying that the other day. Like you really turned yourself into like one of the most sought after bartenders in the city. So you should be proud of that.
2: Thank you. I know. I got that text. And I almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple drinks to me but still i love a good compliment it's really sweet what you
3: said
2: so i well, i don't i don't think so. i feel like there's so many like bigger and better people but i think that's well, a good thing too like
1: yeah it's good to stay humble like but no it, it is the truth we can brag for you and um the like you are now doing a cocktail list for two different restaurants So, talk to us a little bit about how that came together. Are you? Is it the same list for both spots, or two separate lists?
2: No, they're separate. So, with Bauer, we have a beverage, like a director of beverage, and I don't know if you've seen, but we've been popping up beer towns, like left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jen, her name's Jen, and she's so she's great, and she's so intelligent, and she knows everything about beer, and she has been so so busy with beer and all the beer towns that are popping up. So it came time for a new cocktail list. And they were like, Jen's like crazy busy. We need someone to do these cocktail lists. And they they seen what I was doing with Alchemist Alley. So it was just kind of natural that it was like me who was going to create our list. And um, I started doing it. I started like thinking about it maybe like four months ago. So it's a really long process. And you just start kind of... I don't know like cindy reached out to me and she was like okay i really need to start thinking about like um the fall winter list like can you come up with some ideas And i'm like absolutely but i don't know about like because you guys are creative too right so it's like when you are forced to be creative it doesn't come mm-hmm. so it like took me time to really like think about it i was pulling inspiration from like what i would see on social media but also like what orders were coming in so you always get like an order at work for what's on your menu, but then there's always mods, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was always like seeing things and like pulling trends from that, um, pulling trends from what I see on social media. And so I created a cocktail list from that, but it's really interesting to do a cocktail list for um, a restaurant of that size, because I have all these creative thoughts, but then it's like, how do you apply that to a restaurant that has like over 300 seats? Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and there's like times, I think I talked about this in the last podcast. Like, we have three minute chit times that we have to get our drinks out in three minutes. So, I might come up with a cocktail and then I present it to corporate, and they're like, that's amazing. This tastes great. But how are you going to expect the team to put that together in three minutes? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, and it's a cool learning experience, truly, because I wanted to make a list that I was proud of and like, When I go to cocktail places in Toronto or one of my favorite places in Seattle, Cannon, um, those cocktails take 15 minutes to get to your table, right? And I was kind of emulating that idea. And it's just not what is expected in in my kind of fast-paced restaurant. So I had to learn, which was really cool and humbling, too how to make a good cocktail, but also make it um, accessible to each bartender. Because there's bartenders like me or Danielle who have a lot of experience, right? Like Danielle's going on, like, what did we say? 15 years, bower has been open, but then she worked many years prior to that. Um, and then me, who's been at our 10 years. And then, I mean, I've been bartending since I was 18. Then you have bartenders who just walked in and they've had no experience. So they need to make these cocktails too. I just feel like that was the biggest challenge because you have a creative side to you and you really want to push like your whole list and it's integrity but then you get the corporate side which i learned more this year about how to make cocktails that are good that will appeal to every 300 personalities that sit down at that, that restaurant each night and so
1: yeah so, so like, it was really interesting like those two spots like both wildcraft and Bower kitchen like appeal to a wide array of different guests right, right. so it's like so that is something you probably have to think about when you're putting together your list. You really kind of need to have something for everybody. And then also trying to figure out stuff that you can like put out in the three minute chip time thing. Like, are you are, do you find it? Have you found uh, you using batching has helped at all or? Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. That's the only thing that saved us. And it's so funny because that just came to us like last year we had a bartender come in and she was talking about a previous job and how many cocktails they had. And I was like, how the hell did you execute that? And she's like, we, we batch our cocktails. And I was
3: like, Like, it's
2: so funny being employed by the same restaurant for so long. It almost gets stagnant, right? Like you can only learn, like you can only teach yourself so much. Like I did not know about batching. Mm -hmm. We batched our sangria and everything else I made, like, like fresh or on the fly. And I'm like, wow, where have I been? And I think that's what's cool, too. It's like these people come in and they, they're they still teaching me, even though like I'm the head bartender, I'm still learning from everyone else mm-hmm. all the time. Even when I think I know it all, like someone will say something and I'm like, oh, my God, like as yeah. if I didn't even think about that. Like, how did I not think about batching a cocktail previously to a year ago?
1: Well, the people who are best at their jobs, like whether it's like doing what I do, which is into ownership now or doing what you do head bartender or whatever, like the the worst thing you can do is think that you've got all the answers like when you stop learning from people especially the older you get to like people younger come in and have fresher ideas or have worked somewhere that they're doing some crazy stuff like you just can't be stuck in your ways
2: no no absolutely not hmm. and like that's hard for people i know like everyone wants to feel like they're like best at what they do but but like there's always going to be someone Who's better than you? And I think learning from people, like we all have something to learn. And that's what's like fun about this industry. It's like I'm never gonna be done. Like I'm always gonna keep learning Mm -hmm. new things, new ways, new trends and whatever.
1: And it's like they don't it doesn't even have to be a like they're better than you. It just could be they had a different experience than you, right? Like so they learned they picked up something that you wouldn't have picked up in your own experiences. So Do you find that that's hard working so long in the same spot? Because there's got to be a situation after a while, like you said, it gets a little bit stagnant. Where there's like there's not a lot of fresh ideas after a while. You're kind of doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, I know you're always updating the list and stuff, but does it help yeah. that there's a lot of turnover at the restaurant?
2: Yeah, absolutely, it does. I mean, it is hard, but I don't think I would ever leave. If I, I think if I'm leaving Bauer, I'm leaving the industry. Really, truly. You know, that's like such a bold statement. Um, and I think that. I don't know if I'm going to like, whatever. I don't care if anyone judges me for saying that. But I honestly love that place. And it's like home to me. And it's so comfortable. And I know that like getting out of your comfort zone is good. And I think that having those new people circle in is getting me out of my comfort zone. Like I'm learning. I mean, I'm a millennial, right? Like there's Gen Z getting hired and they're teaching me so much. And it's like, oh my gosh. I was always the youngest in the right. crew, and now I'm like, "Whoa!" Oh, to them. they're like, "What? You're 31? You're like a grandma." <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: um,
2: but uh, so I love, I love Bauer, and I like the Charcoal Group a lot, and it's just—I don't know, it's just home i feel so cozy there i think it would take bigger and better opportunities to come like my end goal is probably to be someone in the city who could create cocktail if not only for the charcoal group, but other restaurants
1: like more of a consulting like maybe, thing yeah
2: yeah and like train staff it's like I could train people how to bartend. Then maybe I would leave. So I wouldn't leave the industry per se, but I would leave the industry as a, a bartender. Right, yeah. If I'm leaving for a midnight shift, it's because I've taken a salary position somewhere. You know?
1: Yeah. Do you find that there are any constraints on your uh, ability to be creative, working in like a more of a corporate style um, setup as it like that charcoal is? Or do they give you pretty free reign to do whatever you want?
2: They give me pretty free reign. But there's also the corporate side. So like I've sat in a meeting with corporate for the first time, doing these two lists, um, and I, like I come with all my ideas and I'm all excited, and it's kind of like, nope, we don't want to use these garnishes, or nope, that's not going to work, or this flavor is polarizing, and you're kind of like taken aback. Your ego gets kind of shut down, and you're like, wait, but I just spent my like last four months putting my heart and soul into this list, but also they talk or they talk you through their thoughts, right? And then you see the corporate sizing. So I'm just a creative at this point. And then I learned so much about like, no, you have to think about everyone who's sitting down, or the costing of things. Like I'll come up with these elaborate garnishes and they're like, well why would we put a garnish on something that someone's just gonna throw in a plate and we're gonna throw it out, right? And it might make sense for a 15 seat cocktail lounge like I love to go to in Seattle but it wouldn't make sense for the kind of turnover we're doing or the amount of seats that we're filling. Right. It's just like wasted money. Like say I put a sprig of rosemary on something that someone's just going to take out of their drink and throw away. Well, it looks really nice and aesthetic for a photo, but what's the purpose Mm -hmm. of that garnish? So it's like I'm learning those things, which I think is really important too when it comes um, to making cocktail lists. So it's funny that like I did my, Podcast with you guys, like, I don't know when was that, like a year ago?
1: Probably at least, yeah. Yeah, Maybe even longer. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like I've learned so much since then, even. Yeah. And I now into Alchemist Alley. Like, I just did a corporate event, Christmas party for 500 people at a venue. Um, And they did, like, they had hired bartenders to do the, like, wine and um, bar rail. But then me and my partner did, like, custom cocktails. And when I was making that menu for these people, I... Took that knowledge into consideration. I was like, okay, well, I need to make sure that my garnishes are something that are purposeful and something that aren't just going to get thrown away. And I'm not going to waste my time like putting like seeds on. Like I had a pomegranate cocktail, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to waste my time putting pomegranate seeds onto this cocktail because this is like high volume. No one's going to give mm-hmm. shit about your pomegranate seeds. And what am I going to do? Like, tweeze three pomegranate seeds onto a cocktail just to think it looks pretty? Right. So there's a lot of knowledge. I should learn, but it's definitely hard. Like you go in with your heart into a list, and then kind of get shot down but i don't know yeah. i try and work on my to that aside and i just try <laughs> and take it as a learning
3: experience
1: you know? so yeah and i've like obviously more on that side now where i have to think about waste and like just the things you're talking about because at the end of the day it's my money that's in the bar but the in a corporate situation like that do, are you ever sitting down with people you feel like okay i get that you're looking at bottom line principles but you also don't really know what you're talking about like the people like generally people high up in corporate aren't creative people I don't wanna like I'm not mm-hmm. trying to generalize, but like they but they a lot of them, especially in a big um I mean charcoal group's a massive operation now. Like the people at the top of the ladder, a lot of them have never worked in a bar their entire lives.
2: Yeah, no. No, they haven't. And I mean, that's definitely a challenge for sure. And sometimes like it just goes back to me feeling like You know, I might feel like I know more than them, but there's also a side of the business that they know more than me. Right. Right. And I mean, like, even Kip, I feel like you could talk about this, too. Like, you've been both. Mm -hmm. You've been the bartender, but then you've also been the owner. So I'm sure there's things that you thought you knew all about as a bartender. Now, I don't know if you make cocktail lists for your places like do, do you make no no i'm places? not qual-
1: I'm not qualified anymore it's like i always say it's yeah. like it's like fucking r- playing tennis or learning a language unless you're practicing those skills all the time you'll lose it so, I, yeah, I, totally. I, I've, lo- so I've lost it
3: and
2: <laughs> like if you think about the, it's like both sides so if you think about the creative people in your your places like could they run your bars the same way like do they have the same knowledge it's almost like you need well both they all sides they all
1: they all think they can Allie. <laughs> <laughs> they all think so they can really yeah <laughs> but i but i will tell you like it was a massive eye opener for me the first when i opened my first bar and i was like that so i was the same i was like well, i bartended for years i'm like i could fucking do this like it's not that hard to run a bar and then you do it for the first time and you're like holy shit i had no fucking clue what i was doing and then you gain you definitely do get a gain a measure of respect for the people who you used to criticize right <laughs> Like,
2: <laughs> yeah like I feel, I don't know. I feel like I've always been the kind of person who can see all sides. And yeah, my ego might get shut down just a little bit, but I'm also like so interested in learning all of it. Right. So I almost don't take it offensively because I'm just like, okay, well, I see I see all sides of it. Like, yeah. I think the way that the um, one person said it to me, he was like, what if you had this like, Great cocktail idea. I put to, I put forth this amazing cocktail. And he's like, well, how long would that take you to make? And I was honest. I said, probably five minutes. He goes, okay. So that cocktail takes you five minutes. Now you get five orders for that cocktail. So it's up to however many minutes, 20 minutes, right? And someone behind them, right, they order two milshoot Organics. And then I'm like, well, well, I would obviously just make the milshoot Organics first and then make the cocktails. He goes, yeah, you would. But what's saying that when you're not there... Someone else would do that. So now he's like, my biggest worry is that the person at the table who ordered two Milstein Organics is waiting for those drinks while we're creating these elaborate cocktails. It's like that has a place and a space in in somewhere that you know you're going. So for instance, like Sugar Run, to me, I feel like I'm going to go there and I'm going to get a cocktail that's really thought out. And I think Matt, this Matt will do your list. He does, yeah. And um, He is so talented and he makes cocktails that like me as a bartender, like I would go seek out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sugar Rain, and I don't care if it takes a few minutes because I'm going to sit down and I'm going to know that Matt's making me a drink that he's thought about and it's going to be like artistic and well done, whatever, right? But like, who's saying that someone like with their family not coming to Bower is going to sit down and there might be like one, one of them who really wants a great cocktail but the other people are there just to have like a celebration. It's just like, T- trying to differentiate what, like, where you are and what you're putting forth. I don't want to take anything away from Bauer's list because it, it is, I am really proud of it, mm-hmm. and we are doing really well in that scene. Like the, co- we're putting forth really good cocktails, but I think there's different venues, and I'm learning that now. Where I always kind of wanted to have like the best list in the city and like make it really creative, and now I'm learning like.
1: I think no, you're bringing no up an, a I think I think you're bringing up a good very important point here and it's like you really it it really does depend what kind of establishment you're working in and hey. you like just like reading the room to the type of service that you're giving like you wouldn't be super casual at a very fine dining restaurant showing up with a, wearing a t-shirt and jeans and and cussing to your table but you might do that at like more of a dive style bar, right so it's the same thing with hey. the with the cocktail situation like you need to you can have an awesome list at like a high-end cocktail lounge or at um a a restaurant that wants to do cocktails as well but if if you're dealing with a 300 seat space and like you said not everyone like you're right people come to sugar run they're coming for cocktails like so Yeah, yeah. yeah whereas people come to bauer like some of them are certainly interested in the cocktails but like I don't know what would even the percentage be. People, some, like, just as many people drink wine or beer or water, right? So, because <laughs> it is a restaurant first and foremost.
2: Water too, because the spike in like non-alcoholic drinks. Have you noticed this? Oh yeah, that is a thing right now. Like sober and sober curious, and I incorporated that too in my new menu. It used to really,
1: it used to really piss me off until I realized how much money I could make on non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah, like like first the first time actually uh, it was the original head bartender. A shout out to Dan Collins at Sugar Run who put together. We started getting like overrun with requests for non-alcoholic or low-alcoholic cocktails and. We were like, fuck this, man. I'm not going to make any money off that. Like, And then he made one that was delicious that people loved. And the cost on it was so low. And the price, what we could charge for it was so high because it was well put together and delicious. And, pe- and we found that people didn't mind paying for it because they're at a high-end cocktail lounge. They want to feel part of the experience of drinking cocktails, but they just don't want the booze. And I was like, Jesus. I'm So basically, I'm charging almost the same amount, but I'm eliminating the alcohol. It was great. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I totally see that. I feel like that's such a huge trend right now. And I've noticed that like, I'm always taking notes like mentally, whenever I'm working or on social media. And I I was noticing this summer, especially like, we had some, like maybe three mocktails on the menu, and they were ordered all and they were like, really simple, like a metal berry lemonade, like a mocktail, watermelon mojito, like, Just basically juice and citrus and soda, but they were selling like crazy, Mm -hmm. and it just proved to me. And I think that like Gen Z is showing this. I only say this because I work with a lot of them, and I'm always like kind of taking notes on what they're doing. And they're like, they're not into getting as wasted as like maybe we used to. What? And I I think
0: what? (laughs) What? (laughs) What?
2: I have some, like, blogs saying that, like, come, like, 2050, like, that far in advance, um, or into the future, sorry, alcohol will be kind of looked at like nicotine is looked at right now. So people definitely still drink, like, people still smoke, but, like, you'll see such a cut in how many people are drinking.
1: Thank God I'll have drank myself to death by then. By then, I I give it next week.
0: Yeah,
1: you never know. Christmas is rough. (laughs) I always say I want to tap out at (laughs) sixty-five. That's a good time. It's all downhill after that. So, (laughs) Uh, my
2: dad is seven. You'll be fine at sixty-five.
1: Have you ever looked through his medicine cabinet though? Those things—it's—it's a fucking horror show.
2: I'm terrified. I don't want to find anything creepy in
1: there. Uh, All right. Well, we've kept you long enough on your vacation. Thanks for bailing us out here, Allie. You're the best. Tell us all our listeners where they can follow you and where they can get in touch with the Alchemist Allie.
2: Yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram right now at alchemist.allie. And you can see me at the Bower Kitchen. I love when people come in and like shout me out but I get a little bit embarrassed so don't mind that again I have imposter syndrome so I'm like oh my god <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs>
2: but, but uh, we- yeah thanks for you guys it was like such a pleasure you know I love to like talk about myself so well
1: we're gonna do this more regularly uh we've been started doing a new feature where we have some of our favorite favorite bartenders from around the world coming on more often so we're, we've been talking about doing that with you as well it's for the alchemist alley if they want to book you for a private event is the best way through instagram or do you have an email yeah
3: because there's a
2: little feature on okay. my instagram it takes you directly to my email okay, like my great. email and then that's how you can get in touch with me or dm okay i mean it's not very formal yet but working five days a week i'm like i'm i'm happy with the business i'm getting
1: <laughs> i know and it's also like the last thing you have fucking time for is a web to put together a website and all this shit too right like
3: so yeah, yeah. So
2: yeah. i need to do it i love doing it and it's so funny just to bring it full circle when i'm doing Alley, i have full creative control i'm like the boss and the creative so mm. i love
1: doing yeah
2: part but it's a lot it's scary to be like own your own business you know oh uh, terrifying
1: oh yeah I wake up in night sweats every night uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, think <it's like>, yes. <laughs> like, just, just screaming I just I, that. just I just I just wake up screaming <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, just rent payment <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well thanks for again for doing this ali it was great for you to, especially with, seeing if you are on vacation give ryan a big kiss on the mouth for me <laughs> I will,
0: taking in
1: the- okay
0: oh, I, I wish I, him a happy birthday
1: please. yeah say happy birthday from us at the industry <laughs> i
2: will all right will. That's
0: so-
1: okay, okay thanks thank you again having- yeah enjoy your vacation
0: Bye thanks
2: okay